0: Man, you gotta get a you gotta get a, a cheat sheet or something. That's terrible. That'll kill us. You like that! You like
1: that! I'm just about that action, Boss. You cannot lose games in the NFL and still win.
0: You are listening to Run the Film with Kirk Morrison and Ted Wynn only on the Athletic Podcast Network.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome as always to the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Run the Film with myself, Kirk Morrison, and alongside Ted DeWin. And we have made it, Ted. Our year-long journey of 2019, the National Football League season, brings us to Super Bowl 54, live here in Miami. And, uh, Ted, I- I'll start with this, because being a part of the opening night ceremonies, you know, the, the media night, as they call it, but just being around, I just kind of get a sense that, that both teams really appreciate the journey in being here and how they got here, right? Whether it's the San Francisco 49ers and how they built this team over the last three seasons with John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and the undrafted guys, the low round guys, the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo for a second round pick, just so many things that have built the 49ers. And then I look on the other side in the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they made a, a strong decision to trade away Alex Smith go out and draft a guy, you know, before they traded Alex, but they draft, you know, Patrick Mahomes, trade up to get him, say he's their future. He's won an MVP and probably had an MVP-type season this year had he not been hurt, and now they're one game away from winning a Super Bowl. So, Ted, let's just start here before we analyze this game. When you look at both of these teams, which one do you see probably has the more staying power in which the way that they've been built?
0: That's a pretty interesting question because, you know, the Niners are built the right way, I think. You know, just covering them throughout the, the last few years uh, when Kyle Shanahan first got here. And they lost all those games in a row to start off the season. And even losing Garoppolo last year, I, I just always felt like this team always believed that Kyle Shanahan was going to get this thing straight. Even even in all those losing seasons, they they kept on believing their coach. And they they kind of did a you know the the elegant tank right they they lost <laughs> a lot of games but they right. lost very close games and they were right. in games against good teams too, uh, but they lost and they got high draft positions they were able to get Mike McGlinchey they were able to get Nick Bosa which was huge and uh, and then you add Garoppolo back to the mix and then all of a sudden they're in the um, in the Super Bowl so uh, I, I like how the uh, I like how the Niners were built um, and. You know, I, I think that overall they have a better team built. Uh, but with the Chiefs, they have Patrick Mahomes. And as we all know, the quarterback position is the most important position in football. And they have, you know, you could, it, it I don't know if you could argue this, but Patrick Mahomes is by far the best quarterback in the league right now. And they have him and they're going to have him for a long time. So I, I think the Chiefs are built more for the long long term, but I think the Niners can be good for for a shorter long term, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, but I think Patrick Mahomes is a generational quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the, the jury is kind of still out on what kind of quarterback he's gonna be in the future. I think can you win with him right now? Absolutely. But I think we're still trying to figure out what's his ceiling um at the quarterback position. And I go back to 2017 and I, I wanna just hear your thoughts on this because Every year we have this group of rookie quarterbacks that come out, and everyone always says the, the says, says the right thing, right, Ted? What's the right thing? We're not going to play him. We're just going to sit him down. We're not playing him. Um, when he's ready, we'll know, but we don't plan on playing the quarterback, and that sounds good in preseason and training camp. And all of a sudden about week five, after you're going 0-4, is like they pull the ripcord. Like, ah, oh, just throw Daniel Jones in there. Throw Dwayne Haskins in there, right? So I bring all of that up just because in 2017 I got to give Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan both credit, right? Because even when Kyle Shanahan they made the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, they did not play Jimmy. Remember they sat him, they sat him till they felt that he was ready to go out there and you know be able to know understand the offense and be able to be successful. Same thing with Andy Reid. When they drafted Patrick Mahomes, he literally was redshirted until the final game of that season. And so i got to give both these coaches, Andy Reid Cal Shanahan, a ton of credit for sticking to their guns, being patient, and not saying, you know what, let's just throw the guy out there if he's going to be part of our future. Whereas I look at all these other teams around National Football League who seem to be drafting quarterbacks every three to four years, it's because they don't give them enough time to really get acclimated to an offense.
0: Yeah, and... I think you know they, that year was really critical for Mahomes because the one thing he really needed to fix was his footwork and just his fundamentals and techniques. Uh, because all the, the talent was there when he came from Texas Tech, but he needed that year to really focus on that. Because you know, if you throw somebody into fire week one, it's hard to focus on fundamentals and techniques when you're getting used to the speed of the game. So I thought they did the right thing with Patrick Mahomes, and they they're, it's paying dividends now.
1: It's, it's it's to me now kind of showing me the way in terms of if you have a quarterback in place right and then you're trying to bring another one up it is it has to be patience you cannot allow them to go out there too early because you really can I think you know hurt the confidence of a player and then moving forward you know you just never know what you're going to get but I look at other scenarios too right where you look at Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco right the situation in Baltimore they waited they waited and Joe Flacco got hurt, and so it was a little bit different, but Lamar Jackson comes in, and in that position, it's is no longer Joe Flacco. They trade him away, so I think it's different instances of how quarterbacks who are drafted can come in and play, and there are some instances where, you know, sometimes you say he's ready, and you just let him go out there and play, but that's a, that, that's a conversation that we can have once the football season ends, and we turn from the Super Bowl to the combine and get ready for the 2020 draft, but as we shift gears just a little bit and we get ready to talk about this game, Ted, it's it's going to be the matchups of the offense of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, right? Uh, <laughs> we could just name all the wide receivers um, for the Kansas City Chiefs because one of them is going to catch a pass, whether well, it's Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins. Um, there's, a, there's a good group, but it's the offense of the Chiefs versus the defense of the San Francisco 49ers. It is mobility. Is, is unique. His arm strength is ridiculous. He's very, very accurate, um, but what what I, I don't think people give him enough credit for is that he actually plays quarterback. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that will say no to number one, and then it just becomes a, a street ball. He gets rid of the ball on time. He puts it where it needs to be. He hits He hits a lot of throws in rhythm, and when he needs to take his shot, he knows how to buy time in the pocket and do it, so he's I, he's a superstar in every way you can possibly imagine, and he's going to be tough to deal with. There's a ton that makes him unique. He got the MVP last year for a reason. He throws a great deep ball, he trusts his receivers, he's creative with how he gets the ball to them, and they have an explosive offense. He's tailor-made for Andy Reid's system.
0: Obviously they have a ton of playmakers on the defense, defensive line, linebackers, and, and secondary, but they have guys that have had experience and they have young guys that are super talented, and so you can see that they can that the young guys have really grown as the years went on, as they've learned from other guys around. And, uh, I mean, they're very sound in what they do and the coverages that they play. And so, for us, it's about just having to execute at a high level and knowing it's going to be a great challenge on every single play.
1: And with that marquee matchup, I've been struggling, Ted. I really have. And I'm struggling to figure out how will the 49ers play, you know, against this offense? What guy do they want to take away? Where do the double teams come from? Do you keep a spy on Patrick Mahomes? do you force Mahomes and this offense to run the football? Like, I'm trying to really – and Robert Sala is not going to give us any, um, you know, inclination on what he wants to do. But still, though, I'm I'm really struggling about both game plans for the Chiefs' offense and the 49ers' defense.
0: Yeah, I think the interesting thing is the the Niners are a cover three team. They they play single high. They are mainly a cover three team. uh, But the Chiefs are – they lead the league in total passing of EPA against cover three. So Patrick Holmes is very, very good against cover three. Um, and, you know, when you play cover three, one of the benefits of playing cover three is you have that eighth man in the box at all times, but against chiefs, they don't run the ball. So you don't need that eighth man in the box all the time. So I, I think that the Niners will go away from their identity a little bit. And they have, they have this year, they played dip, They've played more quarters, more cover two, uh, so I think in this game, we'll see more too high coverages from the Niners than regular because there's just no sense in staying in cover three and having an eighth man in a box when you have a team that has so many vertical threats and a team that passes so much. So it'll be interesting to see how they mix up their coverages against this team. But I, I just don't think that they're going to stay in cover three as much as they have in the past.
1: You know, one of the things the uh, the other day I I caught up with Eric Bieniemy of the um, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, um, a guy who I really respected when he was the offensive coordinator um, at UCLA, head coach when he was over at Colorado, and so I understand some of his play calls. And the one thing that I asked him just about, you know, the offensive weapons that he has, and he says it's the competition within his room, right, is is one that he's honestly never really seen before. Because all these guys can fly, right? We know about Tyreek Hill. Demarcus Robinson really came into his year. This year he had more catches in year four than he had combined in the previous three years, right? So you got to worry about him. Uh, Byron Pringle is a guy who they get undrafted free agent who's worked his way in. Sammy Watkins, flat-out burner. And McCole Hardman is one of the most dynamic returners outside of being a wide receiver in the game. And so the one thing is that if they're going to go speed on speed on speed – Right now, it's going to force Richard Sherman to have to play a little bit deeper in his coverage. Same thing with Emmanuel Mosley. I think you can throw Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski, and, and and then also K1 Williams. And so I, I bring this up, Ted, because I'm going to play offensive coordinator for a second here for the Chiefs. Because I saw this against the New Orleans Saints, right? Was Jared Cook really gave the 489ers trouble? And it was because he was extended you know as a tight end playing in the in the Y flex, right? Being able to line him up, you know, outside by himself, or even standing him up detached from the line of scrimmage, forcing the 49ers to have to do what? Either come out of that zone, right? Or tell tell all basically if they're in zone or if they're in man-to-man. I think that's if I'm Eric enemy that's what I want to see early on. All right, is the corners going to travel? Or are you just going to play zone? How are you going to man it up? I think that's how you got to start with the 48 ers And we'll probably see that in their first script because I want to see who goes out and guards Travis Kelsey. Will it be Fred Warner? Will it be Dre Greenlaw? Or do you put the safety on? Once I figure that out, now I know how to handle or what I want to do with my wide receivers.
0: Yeah, and that's part of what makes the Chiefs so hard to uh, to guard because they could, they'd could they like to tra- isolate Travis Kelsey in the 3 by one formation. They'll put him on one side, and then they'll have they'll have Tyreek Hill on trip side on you know, the, either number three <laughs> or number two. And That's safe Exactly. Like, Who's your right. safety going to help on? Is he going to come to Kelsey's side, or is he, is he going to come over to uh, Tyreek Hill's side? It's like pick yeah. your poison. And then this you know? is
1: what else, too, Ted, just really quickly, is that they'll put Tyreek Hill at number two. okay? Mm-hmm. And yep. so a lot of teams are going to put the attention on the number two receiver, like you mentioned, on the three-man side. So you put just say McCole Hardman at the the number three. You'll put a guy like Sammy Watkins all the way outside at number one, and then you you will have Tyreek Hill at two. They may run a 10-yard stop with Tyreek Hill. Everybody's doubling all the attentions on Tyreek Hill, but then you got the one-on-one or the drag across the field, the, the late dragging route by Sammy Watkins, where he's got one-on-one with a safety with a head of speed. And everybody's like, whoa, where did that play come from? So that's one of the things that I've, I've kind of been seeing over the last couple of weeks, just watching a couple of games. And I'm saying, what does that do to the 49ers and their rules? You know about the cover three rules. When a guy passes your zone, do you pass them off? Do you stick with him? How? Which corner do you think is most, uh, outside of Richard Sherman, but the other corners in terms of being able to handle the speed of a guy like Sammy Watkins and also McCole Hardman."
0: Yeah, that's and that's the tough part. It's just to have speed all over the place, and you know, you you, you take one guy away, another guy's gonna have a one on one, and it's just you, you you're gonna have to live with it. And I think when they do play their zone, they're gonna play really soft zone. They're gonna drop back, and I think what the Niners really have to be careful of is, is the the Chiefs' screen game. And Reed mm-hmm. is one of the best designer, right? Yeah, and I, you know, I was watching the uh, the game last year against the Chiefs. And uh, Reed just killed them with a screen game because they're dropping so deep in their zones, and they were, you know, I think uh, their fullback Sherman had a, uh, a screen for a touchdown. So he, he's just really creative at designing screens. I, I think that's the the, de- defense, the Niners' defensive line is going to be. They're going to want to rush Mahomes hard, but they also have to be really careful of the screen game too because Reed is one of the best designers of the screen game in the league.
1: I don't think that the Kansas City Chiefs have a blocker who can block one-on-one Nick Bosa. I don't think so. Uh, whether it's Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, I don't think one-on-one right now. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, pretty good. They've, they've been pretty stout, but I think the quarterback also makes them great. But at the same time, when I look at this front four for the 49ers, where Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, uh, D. Ford, Eric Armstead, and D. Ford really just you know kind of finally getting back into a groove after being away for a little bit with injury. So my, my thing is, you know, who's going to be the inside rusher? Right? Are you gonna keep DeForest and Eric on the inside? Do you switch around Nick Bosa? Because the attention is gonna be there. And I think Robert Sala has to find a way to create that pressure with those four, which he can do. But then what scares me the most, and I've saw it so many times, and especially I saw it against the Houston Texans. This was a game I you know, me and you broke down. But it's when they know your rush and yet they're able to ca- they're able to crash down and create a lane for Patrick Mahomes to roll to his right and they got JJ Watt over and I mean I literally threw this through the remote at the TV. I come on JJ Watt. <laughs> keep Mahomes in the pocket. If they're able to keep Mahomes within tackle to tackle, the 49ers defense, their front four will have a field day. But if they create that opportunity and even throw a a, a running back to just seal the edge and give Mahomes that 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 enough time to roll right to him. That's just him playing shortstop, making a throw from deep in the middle. I mean, deep in the hole over the first base. That's when he's at his best because it's given the fastest receivers in the league, just that much more time to get open.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And it's just crazy to me to see the, the, these edge rushers on a right side crash inside, (laughs) like do not give him an inside, do not use an inside move because he's rolling out. And when he rolls out to the right, like you said, he, he's he's deadly. I mean, he can make plays to his left too. We we've, we've seen some crazy throws to his left. But if he does that, okay, you know, you you live with it. But if he's rolling right, he just has the whole field open to him. So I I would you know, Nick Bosa mostly rushes on that side and he he's going to really have to use his power rush and and not be undisciplined and go inside. Use your power rush, try to contain him and let DeForest Buckner And, uh, Armstead inside really caused some havoc inside, but you got to contain Mahomes. You can't let him outside.
1: Do you put a spy on Mahomes or is it just kind of varies throughout the game?
0: Uh, I I would say it varies throughout the game, but I, you know, we, we've seen him make some big runs in the playoffs, but he, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson and you have to cover these guys deep. So it, it, it's hard. I think the best thing to do is you have to be disciplined with your rush lanes that's that's the biggest thing you could do, and you really have to count on DeForest Buckner and Armstead just re- causing havoc on the inside.
1: All right, before we switch over to the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs versus the 49ers offense, just give me your X-factor guy, Kansas City Chiefs offense, 49ers defense. Just give me one guy that you will probably keep your eye on this Super Bowl. I,
0: I think Jimmy Ward's got to be the guy. Mm. You know, he is going to – he he's one of the better safeties in the league. And he's proven that when he's healthy and he's he stuck with one position and he's going to be key in covering Kelsey at times. He's going to be key in covering uh Hill at time. And he's going to be key in disguising the coverages. Uh, so just where, how he moves and what kind of coverages he's in, who he's covering. Uh, he, he's going to be a huge key in stopping this uh, chief's offense.
1: And for the Kansas city chief's offense, who's the guy,
0: the guy I'm curious to see how Eric Fisher handles Nick Bosa because if Nick Bosa dominates that matchup and he's he's able to just pull him inside and still keep contained on Mahomes, it's going to be a, a huge factor for the, for the Niners.
1: I think for me, offensively for the Chiefs, I'm going to go with Sammy Watkins, right? Big game for him. And I think um, the attention is going to be on, like you mentioned, Travis Kelsey and then also Tyreek Hill but this could be a big game for Sammy Watkins, oh, yeah. right? A guy who some people say, you know, was he, uh, is he a top-tier receiver? Where do we put Sammy Watkins? We saw him have an impact in last in the conference championship game. I think he kind of has a carryover performance again in the Super Bowl. I think he's my guy to watch. And defensively for the 49ers, um, I think this is a game for a guy like Fred Warner, right? This is a game that the captain of the defense, I think a guy who's, you know, first-time playing middle linebacker. Um, first of all, just make the Chiefs one-dimensional. Okay, if they're going, just take the runaway early. If he's able to do that, take the runaway and then and get them in the passing game. I think Robert Sala can use him kind of like the, He you know his roots of being with the Seattle Seahawks, use him like Bobby Wagner, right? They look similar a lot of times. Seeing 54 in these types of cover three defenses, I think Fred Warner is going to be my guy that can you know maybe do a help out on a double team with Kelsey. But then also get back into some throwing lanes and be able to rally on the underneath passes or screen plays to a guy like Tyreek Hill.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, there's just so much speed on this team. It's it's going to be, and they're going to go vertical too, which is why I don't think they they can't stay in cover three. You know, I I, I kind of think they're they're going to play some two man. I think they have to play more two man than they have in in the past. So and if they uh, play, play two real- man. If
1: they play two man, then that's where Fred Warner is going to have to be great because we're talking mm-hmm. about everybody with their backs turned, and I've been yep. there before where you're playing that cover two man, and then all of a sudden your backs turn, and then Patrick Mahomes takes off. And for people who out there remember the AFC Championship game right before the half, that was the score that that really won the game for me, right? I like you know the Titans kept it close, but that little scramble at the end of the first half and Mahomes is scrambling out and he goes up the sideline, scores the touchdown right before the half. I was like, man, that's what can you do with that? I mean, you're playing great coverage and all of a sudden he makes a great play like that. So I'm that's why I'm putting the, like my coach would always say, the big sombrero means the big hat, right? He's wearing the big hat of the defense. I mean, you gotta be great. So I'm gonna go with a guy like Fred Warner. But as we shift over Chiefs defense, look at this 49ers offense.
0: Well, I think they're well coached. I think they're a real good football team. And- they're, they're solid on uh, both sides of the ball and special teams. So, you know, you, but that's what you get when you're the last two teams going, I mean, that's that's what you expect. And we're in it for the
1: challenge and this is a great challenge and uh, that's why we do what we do.
0: A talented group, they really are. They, it uh, starts up front, 95-55. They got other guys that could get after it too, but just um, their overall team speed, you know, they mix it up in coverages. They're trying not to give you anything easy and so, it, it makes it difficult on
1: us. You look across the board, they got great running backs for speed. Both their running backs, most starting um twenty two, both four three guys. You know, um, you got receivers, you got Samuel who stepped up tremendously, man. You watch what he's been doing this year, um, after the catch. Look at the guys, you got Jimmy, man, he's Throwing the ball better than anybody right now, as far as you know, you're looking at short short routes and stuff like that. He's completing a lot of checkdowns, and then you got the tight end George Kittle. My favorite tight end league is Travis Kelsey, I feel like he's the best. But right behind him is you know um, George Kittle. I feel. And I think the big thing that sticks out for me with the Kansas City Chiefs defense is going to be the health of Chris Jones, right? Frank Clark is an animal; he's a monster. And I think this is a game for him that can really break out um, for people to really see him on the national level, but. I think Terrell Suggs adding on to that rush. But then the health of Chris Jones, because they need the push up the middle. Garoppolo reminds me a lot of, you know, Tom Brady in in the sense that if you get things muddy in front of him, right, because Jimmy's not a guy who's going to escape the pocket. He's not a guy that's trying to buy time and trying to, you know, unless it's a design bootleg or waggle, if they're just going to do straight back, I think Chris Jones is going to have a big game as well. So that's just a couple things that I'm looking at um, as far as the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Offensively for the Niners, I mean, what's the game plan, right? We'll learn early on. Is it eight passes again this week for the 49ers offense? Or will the scoring possibly of the Chiefs make us see a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo put the ball in the air more than 30 times? What are you thinking, Ted?
0: I mean, it's, you know, with the the Niners offense, it's the same. If you stack the box, you are going to go heavy play action on you. And they're going to punish you with the play action game. And if you don't stack the box, they'll, they'll happily run the ball on you like they did against the Green Bay uh, Packers. So, I mean, the, the Chiefs don't stack the box that much. They, they'll they give up the run to defend the pass. But this Niner run game is just different. When, when they have their full, you know, with George Kittle... McGlinchy, Joe Staley, uh, Kyle Youchek—they are to me the best run run running team in the league besides the Ravens, which is a different type of run. But if the if the Chiefs are going to sit back and let the Niners run, Kyle Shanahan will run the ball fifty times, you know, in, in right into the the Chiefs defense. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. They don't typically they haven't stacked the box this season, but if they do stack the box then, you know, you're going to see a heavy play action game. George Kittle going deep. use checking into in flats. Uh, so, you know, this this should be a high-scoring Super Bowl because I, I just don't see how this Chiefs defense is going to stop um, this, this Niner offense.
1: Yeah, let, let's stick with this Niner offense, especially right now, the running back position. Uh, spoke with Tevin Coleman a little bit. He says he feels good, says the shoulder feels pretty good. Um, I just know how difficult an injury that is for a running back, right? Maybe if it's another player, uh, a linebacker or something, you could wear a harness or something that keeps that shoulder in place and it allows you to go out and make some plays. But the running back position, that's a difficult one because you got to carry the football and you got to apply pressure. And if you don't have full strength within that shoulder, it's going to be tough for him to play. So we're now looking at a guy like Raheem Mostert, obviously, who had you know, one of the best games we've seen, um, like the second most rushing yards ever in a playoff game, uh, but only behind Eric Dickerson. But it's Raheem Mostert, obviously Matt Breida, who's just running the football differently, Ted. You've seen it. Um, He's cautious of fumbling. Uh, I'm I'm watching him. He doesn't have that same burst. Like, he's a little bit nervous. So you got that going. And then, you know, maybe Jeff Wilson may be a guy who I think may be active and may get a couple carries. So when you look at this 49ers team running the football, if they take away Raheem Mostert, I, I think that, you know, when it comes down to having to throw the ball, Ted, who do you trust in pass pro? Right? We're not, we never talk about pass pro, right? Because the 49ers never really had to worry about it. But I'm looking at I'm trying to just check all my boxes. And I'm saying, who's the best going to be in pass pro? Or is this going to be everybody out in the route or get the ball out quickly?
0: Yeah, Kyle Juszczyk is their best pass pro back. He is. Uh, he's pretty amazing in, in pass pro. I've seen him block Khalil Mack one-on-one. I've seen him block one of the, you know uh, other elite rushers one-on-one. Uh, so, but again, you you know, they, it's too, you know, in passing situations, they'll probably put Kyle use out there. Uh, I could be mistaken, but I I think Tevin Coleman is is one of the, their better pass pro backs, but obviously like you, like you said, you know, it'll, it'll be tough with the shoulder. I I think he'll play, but how much he'll play, uh, will, is going to be determined. But, um, yeah, as far as pass pro, I would say, you know, you gotta, in, obvious passing situations you got to put a uh, use check out there.
1: Yeah, I thought also too, sticking with the 49ers offense for a little bit before we go over to the Chiefs defense. Um, Emmanuel Sanders was brought over to be, you know, a go-to guy for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I really felt like the best receiver come week 17 in the playoffs was Debo Samuel. And now you're starting to see I think Kyle Shanahan design plays for him. I remember they went to the empty formation and uh, just one of the pass completions that they had in last game. But they went empty, and, you know, there's Debo running a, a nice little a th- 13 to 15-yard in route uh, right on him. And then just a the different play that they designed for him. If there was one guy on this 49ers offense to get the ball to quickly and often, would it be more George Kittle or Debo Samuel?
0: I think, you know, if you're going to get the ball to somebody quickly – you could they, they have tons of little screens and little uh, smoke screens and you know they'll give handoffs to Debo Samuel but uh, as far as the play action game you know they they have tons of ways to get Kittle open in the flats whether he's going across the formation uh, uh, that sort of deal but you know the the key is to get the ball to Kittle on early downs because on third down uh, Spagnolo has really been adamant about double teaming. Uh, another team's best receiver. So on third down, you you're, you know you're going to see double teams for George Kittle. So you really want to make sure you get him the ball on early down. And I'm pretty, I think you know that's Shanahan knows that, and he's that's going to be a big part of the game plan.
1: You know, a guy in Tyron Matthew. When I look at the Chiefs' defense, he's going to be huge because I think he's one of the best just players in in the NFL, regardless of position. And I really thought he you could see that him this year, first team All Pro. But a lot of it was. Um, You know, I, I think just his ability to not only play in coverage, blitz off the edge, play down near the box, go into a deep half, go into a deep third. And I think he's going to be the guy that has to be, you know, I said the big sombrero for Fred Warner. I think it's going to be Tyron Matthew, the guy who has to be great in this game against the 49ers, because he's going to have to be that extra safety support, whether he's rolling down weak or he's rolling down late. He's going to have to be, I think, a guy that can set himself into the right position to make plays because I've just seen too many times that the 49ers do such a great job in their angles and in their alignment that forces the secondary to have to be in a position to play two plays. And the two plays are that bootleg or the cutback, you know, by by one of the running backs. And so it's all by alignment. And that's what I'm going to be looking at, whether it's Kendall Fuller um, whether it's Tyron Matthew, whether it's Daniel Sorensen, these safeties for the Kansas City Chiefs, they got their hands cut out for them. And that's what I saw it last week, you know, with the, or should I say a couple weeks ago in the uh, conference championship game, I just didn't see the adjustments being made by the safeties of the Green Bay Packers. And that last line, that, that eighth defender in the box who you expect to make those tackles, he was just out of position. And then Raheem Ulster went out and had a career day.
0: Yeah. And, and that's just that. I mean, you, you, you know, we know Garoppolo has some problems throwing some bad interceptions, and he, he's cut down on him, but he threw one against the Vikings, and he he almost threw one against uh, the Packers that was dropped in only eight attempts. Uh, so he really, you know, you know the focus for him this week in practice. is You have to find the hunting manager before every snap because he's so instinctual, and when you watch him on film, you know, he, he has that type of, like, Troy Polamalu feel where you, you don't know where he's going to be, he he does he does a little bit of freelancing, so you better know exactly where he is. Because if Garoppolo doesn't know where he is and just throws one up, he's he's going to be there and pick one off, and that could be you know, the difference in the Super Bowl.
1: I know Bashar Breeland, uh, Charverius Ward, two corners. I think you could throw in Morris Claiborne as well because he may get a lot of action. But these corners definitely are going to have their their hands full if the 49ers decide to throw the football. But if they keep this game in 12, the 49ers do. if They keep this in you know 21 in those other and those uh, you know personnel groupings where the linebackers are still in the field. It's going to be a lot, I think, being put on Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, those two guys for me, and Reggie Ragland. Right, those two guys are going to have to be forced into coverage, and that's where I think the game is going to be played. We'll see early on what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. But for me, it's the linebackers. The linebackers are because, you know, we'll know early on can Steve Spagnolo keep those guys on the field or is this just going to be a straight up nickel game, right? Just go put the nickel defense in and allow those guys to have to play the run.
0: Yeah. And one of the biggest mismatches in this game is going to be Kyle Yuschek against Reggie mm-hmm. Ragland. Yeah. Uh, so Raglan is their big run down linebacker. He's their thumper. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and as we know, Uzcheck is a former wide receiver. So Correct. that's going to be a matchup to watch out for.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So Ted, it, it comes that time in the show where we got to make our predictions. But also I want to ask you for one more prediction. Who's your Super Bowl 54 MVP? So start first, give me the winner, the score, and your Super Bowl MVP.
0: All right. I you know, I'm going to go with the Niners. I just think that I, and I have been going back and forth on this all week, and I'm sure you have too, but I, I think just based on history and, uh, you know, with whenever a top defense faces against a top offense, the top offense always gets all the hype, but it's always that def- top defense that prevails, and especially a top defense with a very strong four-man pass rush. Uh, so I, I think this pass rush is going to give the Chiefs some trouble. I, I think the Chiefs are going to have a lot of trouble stopping the Niners' offense um, so I'm gonna say the, the Niners win this game, and my MVP is gonna be George Kittle. Mm,
1: what's what's your score?
0: Uh, I'm gonna say 28 to 21. No, 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 no 28 <laughs> to 27. I'm gonna say it's a one point win. Oh <laughs> uh, well,
1: this one hurts me, man, because I I know a lot of people in the Bay Area who we know we got a lot of friends and people, but you know for me. This isn't a, you know, a situation of me not hating it against the 49ers or anything like that, but I truly believe that teams take steps, right? Teams take steps, and you build off those steps, you build off those moments. Um, I said it last year, I thought it with the Rams. They were they, – they took the steps too fast, and a team who had already been there understood how to handle that situation. I think the Chiefs were literally a play away, an offsides penalty from D4, from being in the Super Bowl last year. And they learned from that opportunity. And I thought that they brought in some guys who have some experience and having Terrell Suggs and those guys and being that close is really going to fuel them. That's why I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Because of the Patrick Mahomes. He's still the reigning MVP for a couple more days, so they give it to Lamar Jackson. But just I think just Patrick Mahomes, of any quarterback against the 49ers, has no fear and is not afraid to throw the ball deep. He's not afraid to out-throw it. And that's what I thought Aaron Rodgers didn't do. And that's the same thing I thought that Kirk Cousins didn't do, right? In the time that he did, he actually, you know, made a couple plays. They scored a touchdown, but teams went away from it. I don't think Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes go away from it. I got the Kansas City Chiefs winning this thing 38-27. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but they're going to let it fly, right? It's, it's Sunday night. It's the Super Bowl. It's going to be found. So I got that. And my MVP um, – I think is going to be Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this is geared up to be his Super Bowl, his coronation. And I think on Monday, um, I think that's what we're going to be. We're just going to be uh, in Mahomes' world. So I got Kansas City Chiefs, 38-27. Patrick Mahomes is my MVP.
0: What, what's the over-under on this game?
1: I do not know. I will be taking a look at that a little bit later. But I feel like after the game that we had last year, 13-3, I'll take anything outside of that for yeah. last year. But, you know, either way, I do agree with this, though, Ted. I think we're going to have a fantastic game. We're going to see some outstanding offensive minds, some outstanding defensive minds. And this is one of those games that you get to break down all offseason and really enjoy it. I think, like, you can sit away, I mean, turn away from it, come back a month later, and it will still be an amazing game to watch from beginning to end.
0: Yep, over under 54.5, by, by the way. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll kill that.
1: I think they'll go over that for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> All good, man. <laughs> this has been our Super Bowl edition of Run the Film here on the Athletic Podcast Network. For myself, Kirk Morrison, for Ted Nguyen, <sighs> enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. We'll catch you after the game. Good talking to you. Catch you next time. See you.